This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Just being grateful and having a sense of gratitude really does put you in alignment with understanding just the abundance of this earth and how we're all here together and what it gives us. So hello, Lindsay. Thank you so much for coming on to the Coffee Talk podcast. If you don't mind, if you want to take a moment here to just introduce yourself, a little bit about yourself, what you do, and all of that good stuff. Um, First, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to just have an opportunity to talk about sustainability. Um, And that's kind of what I do. I have started a website called The Wellness Feed. And since late 2019, it's just been a platform where I um, and my small team, we just interview experts and brands um, and share tips and advice about living sustainably um, and ethically, eco-friendly, all those fun little buzzwords. Um, And so that's kind of what I do is just source out the best news and the best tips and brands that I can to help people live more eco-friendly. Amazing. And so you said you started the wellness feed in 2019? Yes. In late 2019. Was it mainly because of your love for sustainability? Like, how did it all begin? Um, so, you know, I have a story where I was like, I thought I found my dream job. I was writing for Paul Newman's Common Good. And after two months of starting there, they kind of shut their doors. And it was... It hurt because there aren't many places that I know of where I could just write about nonprofits, and particularly nonprofits that were helping their community um, be more sustainable. So it kind of left me with a little bit more time on my hands. <laughs> and I decided to kind of start my own website. I wanted to kind of create a space to share tips and advice that I gathered over the last several years. So you could say it's really about my love of just trying to be as mindful as we can with our actions. Um, but it was also just because I wasn't finding a place to find, I wanted to find news, I wanted to find new brands all in one space. I would have like several different publications and newsletters I would follow, but I thought it'd be really cool if I could just have like, you know, the Vogue, but of sustainable fashion or just one place I know that is just about how to travel better in a greener way. So that's kind of how I started in 2019. Amazing. And so when did when would you say your relationship with things like sustainability, living more eco-friendly, like when did that start for you? Was it at a very young age or was it something you came into as you matured and grew, grew older? Definitely something I came into as I matured and grew older. Um, 
it's funny, like there are just a lot of moments that I look back on and I think, you know, like just seeing the lawns being watered and wondering like, why do we waste so much water on gardening? Um, but it really happened. There's this one aha moment um, when I was shopping for my daughter for jeans. And I remember there is this like rainbow colored jeans sitting out in the store and she's two and she's excited to see them. But as I got closer, there is this like intense smell of like this chemical smell. And at the time, I didn't realize that they put formaldehyde on clothes and other chemicals. And, you know, that made me think, okay, something's off here. And I started doing research. And it really just became this rabbit hole of finding out, okay, we put this chemical into our clothing. How does it affect our skin? How does it affect our bodies? Oh my gosh, like when we throw this item out, how does it affect our soil? You know, with even making those jeans, they're polluting waterways. Um, so it was just this like snowball moment where I just started being a lot more aware of our buying decisions and how things are made and really wanting to make a change in my lifestyle and also inspire others. Right. And so when that came about, like how, how did you get started? Like once you, once you mm. fell down that rabbit hole, that wormhole, cause I've fallen down that wormhole too. <laughs> I'm so interested, like, where did you begin? Because it's such a world. Once you open that door. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is It is definitely this, like, door that opens and you walk right in and you can never really close the door. Yeah. Um, the first place I started, you know, actually kind of being a new mom, that was my first step. When you find out that there are chemicals in our clothing, chemicals in our products, and how that can affect your child, that you're... May, like meant to protect, um, you become a little fierce. <laughs> so I was sitting up and researching everything and, you know, deciding on like, okay, bottles, you know, the, you know, a lot of the bottles now they have um, BPA free, but there's still plenty out there that are made with plastics that are laced with chemicals that are harmful to us. Um, working out and trying to use more recycled or thrifted clothing for her because I found out that after a few washes, the chemicals a little bit better and where I was living, they didn't have as many um, like organic or natural brands. Um, going with the food, going to buy more organic food, supporting local farmers as best as I can, um, not buying as many like those brightly colored plastic toys or just really researching brands that take into account how items are being made, how they're impacting. And it just, he said, it just snowballs from there and then you start figuring out other areas of your life. So that was, I started off at a place that was, um, that I was passionate about and that was really emotional to me. And, hmm. Amazing. And so obviously I've done some thorough looking and searching and reading of the wellness feed. So I know that it's a really good spot for things about fashion, finding things about food, finding things about travel, which you mentioned, like there's such a range there. So I'm curious, like, how do you keep yourself inspired and also up to date with the newest information and the newest trends and such out there in sustainability and family living? Um, first off, thank you for the compliment. And <laughs> secondly, I love this question. Um, I think you know, being inspired, actually, it for me, two different ways. It's kind of personal because I'm always looking for ways that I can just be a little bit more eco-friendly, waste a little less, have less plastic in my life. So, 
you know, like this year, I just started using cotton rounds, um, reusable cotton rounds instead of cotton buds. And that was just finding out that I, something I didn't even know existed <laughs> before, like, you know, just little ways like that. And another way is, um, you know, there are so many cool brands out there doing things to kind of solve these everyday problems of waste and how we're using our resources. And I think they are definitely an inspiration. I connected with PR firms that are just sending brands my way. And so I constantly feel inspired. Um, I found out about underwear that are you can compost the other day. Wow. <laughs> Very cool. Yeah. So it's like, it's um, it's an exciting field, I think, because it's still slightly new. So there are a lot of different things we can do, a lot of new ideas going out there. Um, so I kind of say I'm like constantly just inspired by what people are doing. That's amazing. So it's almost like you have, like you've built a system with doing what you do as well and made these connections that constantly almost feed you the new inspiration as well. Definitely. I would definitely say that. They're constantly just like giving me great ideas and new products and yeah. That's amazing. So another thing that I've I've come into contact with that I, I find super interesting and I'd love to hear your opinion on is the term greenwashing where there's lots of brands out there that use this, I guess, marketing tactic called greenwashing to make it seem like they're potentially more sustainable or more eco-friendly than they really are. And I think a lot of the times I myself have even fallen for this, like, oh, this brand is, is making such a big change and such a big move. Mm -hmm. So what, what are your thoughts on things like greenwashing? Is this something that you've done any type of research on or have any opinions on? I think I definitely have done a lot of research on it. And I think to me, it's, it's unfortunate that there is greenwashing because I think it creates um, a lack of trust among consumers and people who really do want to make the best choice they can with like their fashion brands that they're going to support or just anything that they regularly buy. I mean, you lose the trust of the customers. I mean, we're the ones that are really kind of fueling the economy and fueling these choices. So I think it's, it's really sad that brands do that. And in my research, um, one of the things I do love is that there are those companies that will have like an impact report and I think that they're really valuable. I love just seeing, you know, the companies that really take time to push those out yearly and show you how they have become more sustainable or, you know, um, if they've missed a goal or like reducing water waste, uh, how they're just transparent about that. And that's one thing that I think I really do look for in sustainable brands. It's not about perfection. I won't always look at brands and I feel like, we're the most sustainable in the world. I'm always like, hmm, <laughs> thinking like greenwashing goes off. And, right. Um, but, you know, I think if a brand's honest, it's like, okay, this is what we do really well. Um, we're working on this. Um, you know, we try here or this is going to come. I look at those brands in a much better light. And I think that they're doing much more, they're, they're you know, doing more for the sustainable movement than the brands that try to just greenwash everyone and catch on to this trend. And um, yes, I think it's really unfortunate. I hate greenwashing. Yeah. And I, I think everyone else, I've, I've fallen for it sometimes. And I'm like, oh, this product is not really good for the environment. Um, what would you say then, like, what do you look for? Cause you mentioned the transparency. The mm -hmm. That's like, this is how much we've, we've made a difference just based on the last year. So. 
are those like the main things you look for when trying to basically differentiate the difference between someone greenwashing versus someone who's actually making a change? Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I would say I love numbers. So I love a brand that like might measure their, you know, their CO2 emissions, their water waste. Um, I love a brand that will put the actual factories that they're working with. Certifications, um, if a third party is vetting them to make sure that their fabrics are natural, like organic, that they're using clean dyes, um, that, you know, they are actually using recycled materials when they say that their bathing suits are made with recycled plastics. There are third parties that will audit all of that. So I always look for certifications. I look for brands that aren't just giving nice flowery words about the story. Right. And it's beautiful, but when you want it to be truly sustainable, I love hard, cold facts. Maybe right. that's like my writing background where I'm like, okay, researching and journalism. Yeah. yeah, just like full transparency, like here's the numbers. Yeah. Like you can't, numbers don't lie, so. yeah. That's a really show me the numbers. Yeah, show me the number. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott, or go full '90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda, whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe every day at sax.com. Okay, so my next question is more of a personal opinion on your end, but when it comes to living more eco-friendly, living more sustainable, it's not that the information isn't out there. So do you think there's a reason why sometimes the, the general population might detach from the idea of sustainability or global warming, like not wanting to face the truth? Like, do you think there's a reason why there is a detachment there? Uh, that's a good question. Hard um, Yeah, it's very hard. I would say, I think there are several different reasons. I would say, you know, one, um, is that our lifestyles that we're currently living on are the opposite of that. They are like, we live in a high you know, consumerist society. That's a lot about like waste and the, it's a throwaway culture. And that fuels our economy, that makes things super convenient and easy, but it's not sustainable in the long run. Yeah. So I think just the way that our society functions is one way. Um, another way, even though the information is out there, um, you know, it's, it might like hurt, you know, it's going to hurt like fossil fuels, which a lot of industries are fueled by that. You have all these plastic water bottles and plastic bags, um, and even our cars. So I think that's another part of the puzzle is, okay, um, <laughs> what are those companies going to do? And they're fighting to you know, sustain themselves and be, um, you know, the leader in their field and to be a strong company. And, um, you know, another part, it, it is weird. We do have all this information out there, but I think another part of it still is that we don't, it's it's still new, we don't know. Like, if you look at some of the statistics about how long it takes plastic to recycle, I think the standard plastic they use for water bottles, um, it's said that it takes 420 years to decompose. Well, there hasn't been a plastic water bottle that's been around for 420 years. Right. So, um, you know, we're still, we're really still learning about all of, you know, the impact that we have on the planet and on ourselves. So I think 
the fact that we're still learning and gathering this information, um, the fact that our lifestyles are kind of the opposite of being sustainable at the moment. And, uh, you know, I think also big companies that are really adverse to change. I think they're, maybe, you know, in my opinion, I think there are three main areas why we don't all just live more sustainably, why the information really isn't um, kind of told to us a lot more often. You know, this is, I feel like it's stuff we should learn in school, but right don't you know totally agree it should should it should be taught in school especially now yes. if it wasn't for our generations then the newer <laughs> generation should be getting it in school for sure yes <laughs>transitioning to a more sustainable lifestyle did you sense any type of pushback from people in your close circle or like and if not what would you say would be your advice to someone who is trying to make that transition if let's say they live with a husband or parents or a family that isn't ready or isn't open to making that same transition Ooh, um, a good question <laughs> so i didn't receive a lot of pushback Thankfully, um, within my circle and with the people that I surround myself with, um, and maybe I did, a, like, I also wasn't as vocal at first. And I think that was because I was a little bit shy about sharing it because of, I grew up in a household where macrobiotic and holistic and vegan, like, everyday words. Mm. But during the 80s and 90s, it was, you know, considered like child abuse. Um, it, it just wasn't something that people really did. So I kind of am already used to the idea, like I live my life, not everyone's going to agree with it. So I would say to anyone that does receive that pushback, um, be kind, because a lot of times I think it stems from people's insecurity and that unwillingness to change or feeling that they're doing something wrong. So, you know, in your sustainable life, don't try to push it on them, but be kind. And secondly, like the same thing with like how I up in this like the vegan movement and holistic things do change you never know like, in 10 years everyone could be coming to you for advice about you know living plastic free or living more sustainable at zero waste whereas you know right now it's still kind of like budding and becoming um a normal thing that we do and like a normal way that we live right. so i would say you know patience um be kind and keep doing you <laughs> you know, and, and, and like little by little, I think, you know, and just little by little. So if you live with someone and, you know, if they use plastic bags, it's okay. <laughs> but nice about it. <laughs> yeah, you just feel like, you know, I have this uh, reusable bag that I would love to give you. Only hands the reusable bag. Yes. Yeah. So, like, just try it out. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and then, so anybody that is interested, let's say that's maybe not sustainable at all, this is completely new to them. I think that even just in my own conversations that I've had with people, there's this, sometimes this misconception that living more sustainable or more eco-friendly or eco-conscious will mean that you miss out on a lot. Like you miss out on good food or you miss out on nice clothes and you write a lot about that on your website. So what are your thoughts on that? I'd say first thing, like, sh shake it off. Shake off all that pressure, that idea that you're missing out. You're not. Um, there are so many great brands out there, and I felt so thankful that I've been able to connect with, you know, a lot of brands that are making beautiful clothes, restaurants that are delivering, like, amazing food. Um, 
and you're not. I think, I mean, maybe a little bit, like if you're a shopaholic, I probably used to shop a lot more in my 20s. I don't do that as much now um, because I'm a little bit more aware of the impact. And then also, um, you know, just I have accrued a lot of stuff. But, um, you know, but in the end, I also buy things that I really love and wear a lot more. So I don't think, yeah, you're not, you're not missing out. <laughs> there, I think there's just a lot of people who are doing amazing things to kind of fill in those gaps mm. um, of items that we love. And we also have a lot of, you know, vintage pieces. I kind of fell in love with that. So yeah, no, <laughs> you're not missing out. Let's say then someone's like, okay, I'm hooked, I'm interested, I want to learn about sustainability. Mm -hmm. What would you say are like three things they can instantly start looking into? Like you just mentioned um, vintage pieces. So it's like three. Mm -hmm. What are some other areas that are really easy to start with? Ooh. Um, I think one area that's really easy to start with, um, maybe not necessarily kind of like an area, but like reusable products. I would always say, you know, a reusable water bottle. Um, I've mentioned using cotton rounds to kind of take, like take off my makeup at night instead of using like, you know, those wipes you get into the plastic container and you wipe it off and you throw away once. Mm. Get a cotton round and something that you kind of like just wash and reuse. Um, I think reusable products are a great way to start because they allow you to just make like quick little swaps. You know, instead of taking plastic bags, bring your own like usable tote to the grocery store or even when you're going shopping for clothes. I think that, you know, bring your coffee mug for all different ways to just start small, make little changes and kind of create this habit of reducing waste, reducing your plastic use and making a really big impact. Um, yeah, and buying secondhand, I think that's another, um, another great way now because we have so many resources. Um, like I love vintage, but you know, there are sites that have, you know, um, more modern pieces. If people want to buy like fashion or furniture, um, look into some of those and just try to, you know, shop from those places instead to kind of reduce waste and this idea of constantly having new items. Right. Um, yeah. Do you have any favorite sustainable brands? Like what are your go-tos? Ooh, my go-tos. Um, for fashion, I really like to shop on the Real Real. They're a secondhand site, so that's kind of one of my big go-tos. Um, I like Reformation. I know that they had like little tweaks and controversies um, about kind of their factories in Los Angeles, but I think that they're a brand that shows their impact reports. Um, so I'm excited to kind of read how they've improved from last year and just follow them for that. Um, I think that they're great for lots of cute dresses. There's a brand called Christy Dawn. Um, they make really gorgeous organic cotton or like dresses that are made from dead stock materials, which are materials that have, they're made, they're there, they just have never been used. Um, so another brand like focuses on reducing waste. Um, I also love like Thread Up for my daughter. They have a lot of cute little kids items and we have these boxes and it's just a nice way to kind of um, like take these boxes to the recycling bin and actually like break them down. Right. So they're kind of, um, they're definitely stuff you in my go-to's. Okay, those are some good ones. I mean, I recently actually heard of Reformation too and, and got one of those really nice dresses and loved yeah. it. <laughs> so they are awesome. So 
What would you say is the biggest obstacle to sustainable living in your own personal experience and then just in general? Um, my own personal experience, I would definitely say oh, the fact that we just we live in this consumerist lifestyle and it's really just it's based on consuming and convenience. Mm. So getting uh, the idea of, um, you know, I don't want to bring a bigger bag today or carry a heavy water bottle. I'll just buy a bottle when I'm out. Like just changing my mind and saying, no, it's better if I use a reusable water bottle, refill it while I'm out, just bring the bigger bag or bring a shopping tote when I go to the store. Um, you know, at first, some of those changes, they feel a little awkward. They feel a little weird, <laughs> but they like after a while, they really do make sense. And, um, you know, I think that is just, Changing my mindset has been the biggest obstacle. The biggest obstacle. I was actually talking to someone today about just how we take plastic bags that we get from the store and you put those in the trash bins. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something you ever do, but yeah. <laughs> like, I grew up doing that, and yeah. so it took me a while to even think I'm putting, you know, my kitchen scraps, organic matter, in these plastic bags that don't allow it to decompose properly, and like. Um, and just like stopping and thinking and trying to change my mindset, I would say they are, that's that's the biggest obstacle, changing your habits um, and it, just being aware mm. that of how we live is kind of my, is my personal biggest obstacle. Do you feel like it took you a while to really work through breaking that mindset that you were in before? So like when you would have those moments, cause I, I feel I have those moments too where I'm like, oh, I just don't wanna, like, I don't wanna bring my water bottle. <laughs> So, yeah. Do you feel like it took you some time to get there or like how did you work through that process? I'd say yes, it definitely took me time to get there. Um, and one thing I love about the wellness feed is that it kind of makes me feel like I need to be more accountable. Mm. So I try to get harder. Um, but yeah, it wasn't an overnight thing. Um, it definitely takes a bit of time to become a habit and to stop and to think. Um, and want to make a better impact and have a better change um, yeah, in our lifestyles. Amazing. And then what would you say has been the biggest blessing living this way? Ooh, I love this question. <laughs> I love this one. Um, my biggest blessing, um, you know, I, you know, we talk about sustainability a lot and the environmental impact, but you know, a lot of times we don't always talk about the human impact. Mm. And so I love the idea that I can buy from a brand that will give back mm. um, or a brand that is, you know, this dress, you know, the way that it's made and the way that it's dyed, they really, they recycle the water and they use safer dyes so that it's not polluting the rivers um, in the community where it's made. And I like knowing that. I think that is such a blessing to be able to impact someone's life or know that, you know, what I'm wearing was made ethically and people were paid fairly so that they can actually support themselves instead of having a minimum wage that still puts them below the poverty level. And they might need government assistance if they can't afford that, or they might have to, you know, I don't like the idea of supporting those sort of brands. So it's such a blessing that we're, and that I feel that I'm able to make shopping choices that I know are positively impacting someone instead of having a negative impact on their life. Right, that's an amazing answer. I, I feel like that's <laughs> not thinking 
because we look at it so much in the in the aspect of like the earth, but we never really yeah. think about how it impacts every individual. So that's an amazing answer. <laughs> Thank you. So what would be your greatest piece of advice when it comes to living in alignment with yourself, but also with the earth? Ooh. Um, my biggest piece of advice, um, I love this one as well. Um, I would say, I'd sum it up in two words. I think it would be gratitude and service. Mm. Um, those are two words that have changed my life. And I've noticed, I listen to um, a lot of podcasts <laughs> like yourself, but I love like, you know, like Deepak Chopra, I think that's how you say his name, or like Oprah or Tony Robbins, you know, these, you know, heavyweights, you know, these people who are very influential and successful. And I've noticed that those are two words that they say and reuse a lot. And I think when you want to be in alignment with yourself on this planet, um, I have a mindfulness journal that I just write in every, you know, not every day, but as often as I can. And I just write one line of what I'm thankful for that day. It could be just tasting a strawberry or the fact that it was just a beautiful sunny day after a week of rain um, or, you know, something else. Like, so, you know, it was, I had a lot of laughter. Um, so just being grateful and having a sense of gratitude really does put you in alignment with understanding just the abundance of this earth and how we're all here together and what it gives us. And I think when you feel that sense of gratitude, you want to serve, you want to help other people around you. You want to, you know, plant trees because you know that it's just a better for the planet. Mm -hmm. um, so I'd say, you know, my biggest two words for that would be, yeah, definitely gratitude and service. That's an incredible answer. I feel like you, it sounds like you spoke <laughs> like, I'm like, how, where did that come from? So that's amazing. Um, I feel like, I mean, I, I feel like that's a great place to leave it. So thank yeah. you so much for coming on to the podcast. Is there anything yeah. else that you would like to share or say or <laughs> I think the only thing, yeah, maybe there, you know, there's one thing I would say, you know, people that are maybe either tuning in or they just found you, um, I think education is, self-education is so important with um, understanding you know, sustainability like I think you mentioned you mentioned greenwashing mm -hmm. I think that it's important to kind of you know check out the wellness feed or you know check out your podcast or follow influencers that you you know you see on Instagram or watch a documentary I think it's so important to just really um, take a little bit of time and learn um, yeah. yeah that's the one thing I would add but your answers were they're really insightful um, <laughs> I had a lot of fun. So I was looking at them and I was like, oh, this is really good. I loved just, I think, yeah, I'm excited for this one to come out. I'm really excited too. And I'm so glad that you took your time and energy to come today and share your knowledge and share your perspective. And I'll leave all of your information in the description box so people can start coming to the wellness feed because I really do feel like you cover so many amazing topics where it's like you want to learn about beauty but you also want to learn about travel like there's something for everyone there and you've covered so much so I'll thank you leave it in the description box and thank you so much for coming onto the podcast and sharing everything you shared today Aww. well thank you Kaylin <laughs> thank you so much for like yeah having me i know i reached out i was thinking i was looking at us like i reached out last year so yeah. like, oh this is perfect and really exciting so oh happy earth day 
Oh, yes, and happy Earth Day. We're recording this on Earth Day. That aligned. Uh, enjoy the rest of your Earth Day. Yes, enjoy. Bye.